The following is a presentation of the Speed Sport Podcast Network. They're tangling in the back of the pack. Here they come off four. Kyle Busch won the season opener at Talladega. DeGroote was second. He's the reigning champion. It's the iRacers download. Cardwell hoping it stays green. He nearly spins it around. Who's it going to be, Cardwell, Berkeley, or someone else? Where reality meets the virtual world of auto racing. iRacing's executive director, Dale Earnhardt Jr. I think that NASCAR is starting to see the value and the opportunities that can present themselves working with iRacing. Presented by Crosley. Amplify your style. Here are your hosts, Taylor Burris and Justin Prince. Hello, everyone, and welcome to this week's edition of the iRacers Download on the Speedsport Podcast Network, presented by Crosby Radio and on NASCAR Digital Media. My name's Justin Prince. Taylor Burris is away this week, while their producer, Richard Colbrat. Lots to talk about, especially in the world of eNASCAR as the eNASCAR Road to Pro Qualifying iRacing Series and its second round got kicked off just a week ago. And now, some of its top competitors are ready to stand by and join us this week on the iRacers Download. To start things off, let's first discuss what happened. Mid-Ohio Sports Car Course was the host of the season opener for round two for the eNASCAR Road Pro's Qualifying iRacing Series as drivers look to qualify their way on forward by the end of the summertime towards the eNASCAR Coco iRacing Series second stage on the ladder, the Contender Series. Two different drivers won the two splits. As a result of how things played out in the opening night, the first of those two drivers is a former eNASCAR contender when it comes to someone who competed in the early days of the series. A driver who's been trying to battle through the ranks across the official races all the way into a huge victory on the road course for Joey Brown. Joey Brown now joins us in the iRacers download. Joey, first things first, we were talking a little bit about how this played out a little surprising based on the road course experience. Hey, how's it going, guys? Uh, yeah, like um, it, it was it was very surprising. Um, never really been very strong on road courses. Just just really haven't really uh, put a lot of time into it. I think I have nine races on the official road courses on iRacing total in the entire time I've been a member since 2009. So nine races in 14 years. Um, but uh, yeah, it was, it was real surprising. Never really been strong. Um, the biggest thing I think we had was uh, Brody Kostecki on the team. He's V8 supercar wheel, man. He's just unreal on in anything on a road course. And uh, we have our new app through Ryko that lets us compare telemetry and, and whatnot. So he was helping coach me coming up to prepare for the race and what I was doing wrong, what I needed to do better, how was how to take the corners. Um, he helped uh, build the setup. Um, but yeah, this it was just a, a very surprising result. I'm glad put all the work that we did into it. A lot of laps, um, a lot of grinding, but uh, ended up paying off at the end. I think 41 laps led out of the 45. 3.2 seconds to victory over Jordy Lopez Jr., one of the expected contenders of the road course, along with Tucker Minter in the conversation, with Boyd Hogan and Michael Cozy Jr. in your respective split. How would you describe the racing throughout that night and the opening night for round two, knowing there was a lot of nerves, to say the least, for some last year with how things played out? Last year, it started on dirt. This year, it's a lot more of a different schedule in terms of the approach starting off of the road course. 
Uh, yeah. Um, I mean, qualifying is huge. And luckily, whether it's, it's road course or oval, qualifying has always been one of my strong suits. I think my first year uh, part of the Coke series back in 2013, I had eight poles throughout the throughout the season, something like that. It was We had a crazy number of poles that year, really good at qualifying. It's just our race pace sometimes slipped off there. But uh, um, but yeah, like uh, I've always been real good at qualifying, calming my nerves during the qualifying. And during the race, uh, just just the pace, the whole race, like I had to make no mistakes on it every corner. Uh, I think really only only missed one apex the the entire 45 laps, which is just 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 the amount of focus it takes to to make every single corner like that, especially at a track like Mid Ohio. Um, I think there's every type of corner you could think of at Mid Ohio. All the slow, high speed, left right handers. It's it's just a very technical track. Um, and I was kind of comparing the times too between our split and the uh, the other split, the Parker White one at Rowan. Uh, and it was just just the pace and our split, the amount of talent that was in our split. Um, when I first logged into the race and saw who was who was in the split, that was that was we were in. I was like, oh man, this is gonna be tough. But uh, you know, it's it's always best to go out and and beat the best. So it's uh, I think we we really started off our season to a good start there. A reference, some of those outside the top five in the split included Daniel Falkingham, known from Sim 500 competitions, Daniel Budafuco, a former NASCAR heat champion for eNASCAR competition, Jake Nichols, a former Coke contender. You'll also have Ryan Doucette, who finished 13th for reference, as well as Seth the Merchant 14th. But to discuss some of the preparation, I find that intriguing. A new telemetry app, talk us through the reasoning you and Ryko decided to build your own app compared to what the standard is for many teams with MoTeC. Well, a lot of it was uh, we, we wanted something easy to use for our customers. I mean, we, we, we sell our setups to the customers and it, it lets the customers log in and actually see what the builders, what the drivers are, are actually driving. They can see the exact same setup. They can see all the throttle, brake inputs, and everything like that. And then even uh, after completing races and stuff, we'll upload the telemetry for those races and stuff like that. So we're constantly updating the app. And it just it just helps people who aren't up to speed get up to speed faster. Um, it also has the ability, uh, whenever they do purchase a setup or, or something like that, it downloads it directly into the correct folder that they would need it to be in. And so there's there's no fumbling with downloading the setup, finding the folder in the iRacing documents file and, and, and messing with all that. It just does all that automatically. Um, and we kind of use it also team to team. We can look at all each other's uh, whenever we do like practice sessions or test sessions, it logs everything. So we can log in and see where someone's at as far as lap times and, and stuff like that goes. And if, if we're a little bit off pace, we can kind of go delve in deeper and compare driver to driver telemetry and, and see what's what exactly is going on there. And it just, it just helps everyone uh, kick it up to that, that next notch, next level um, to get everyone up there, up to speed. We'll say it's been a major turnaround for your group as well, because of course there was last year, the connections with HPM and this year, Start of the year starts off with a bang. Boom, Ryan Luza, part of the technical grouping. You pick up Derek Bordeaux as part of the grouping. You mentioned Brody Kostecki. What's been that turnaround like, being a part of this big charge-up for Ryko this year? It was awesome. I mean, it, it kind of all got started about when I was starting to come back in iRacing um, about a year ago. 
Um, whenever I just first start met up with Ken, it was, they were really just a short track team. I came on real early whenever they wanted to expand into the uh, the, the biggie NASCAR stuff. Uh, and I was there to start. Brad White, uh, Brad Wright was there to start. Brandon Hawk and Brody Kostecki. We were pretty much all there from the start. We kind of built things from the ground up as far as how we wanted to go forward with the with the eNASCAR side. Um, we picked up some some pretty good di- uh, drivers, kind of fly the banner. Um, but yeah, it's it's been uh, it's been a pretty fun ride. I've had a lot of fun with these guys. Um, but yeah, I've I've been out it for a while, and uh, just to come in and be able to hang out with these group of guys it's it's been a lot of fun what drove your decision to come back to iRacing to try and make another attempt to run any nascar coco iRacing series competition about a year or two ago really like I, I never really wanted to step away it's just my job got in the way um i was in the navy stationed corpus christi from 09 to 2012 so i had a little bit of time there and that's kind of when i started iRacing and then got out got, first got picked up with the uh, FAA as an air traffic controller. Um, got put out Roswell, New Mexico. We had a lot of free time out there from 2013 to, um, we were there till 2016. But uh, basically uh, it was just the kind of the job just kind of took away the time. I had to focus on getting all my qualifications at work and getting things set up and trying to get transferred back to Texas where, where I'm from. Um, so yeah, I ended up getting transferred back here, Houston, Texas, and uh, really last year or so is uh, really finally had some more free time to uh, be able to start racing and, and stuff again, get back into it, get back into it competitively. I would log on every every now and then throughout the past few years and do 10 or 15 races or so a year and just, just to kind of, you know, just kind of get back into it a little bit but I, I never really had time to do anything competitively or anything like that and i decided this year it's like i'm gonna try see if i can make it back into it and uh round one was a little a uh, little rocky had had its ups and downs um very very high peaks and very low valleys uh, i think we either won or dnf'd every single race through round one uh, but ended up making round two and I, I think we're gonna try to shoot for consistency um so we started off good and now we just gotta just Got to bang out the, the the top tens, top fives, and and uh, definitely a little bit uh, easier with how we started off. Ask this to a lot of those who come back, but I'm very curious on this when it comes to yourself because you've won three races in the NASCAR Coca-Cola I Racing Series competition in the past. What is that preparation time like now compared to what it was back then when you were rattling off pole after pole and picking up victories compared to now? where you're trying to qualify in and some of the drivers in your split, mind you are drivers who race in the NASCAR Xfinity series, or in some cases last year were amongst those who are now racing in NASCAR camp world truck series competition in the next few weeks. Uh, I mean, it, it, it takes, it just takes hard work and uh, we really don't have the, the Manning, like say a team like uh, G Altus has, they got a lot of people in round two right now, a lot of guys that they can shoot feedback across. And we got, right now, me and Daniel Nanny, we're, we're the only ones flying the Ryko banner. So we got me and him, we've got a few other guys that have been helping out, Brody and Brad Wright, they've been helping out. But uh, the biggest thing was just finding what 
makes the truck tick as far as as going fast. And I think week two of round one, we we kind of figured out something, and we've kind of applied that pretty much everywhere else, and it's just been really really fast, short and long run. So we're hoping it kind of carries over into round two. Pocono's a little bit different. Had um, the mile and a half bases, they don't, they don't really work here. It's it's just been a little bit different. So we're we're kind of struggling here at Pocono. Got something that feels decent, but I don't think it's exactly where it needs to be. Um, but yeah, it's just uh, just 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 it takes hard work, grinding out, finding what takes with the setup. Um, but yeah. You mentioned a little bit of the insecurity with Pocono, with that being the next race. What's it going to take to be able to win at the Tricky Triangle for this upcoming race for round number two here? Uh, I think it's it's going to be hard to pass. So I, th I think qualifying up front is going to be pretty key. Um, staying out of trouble is going to be very drafty. Uh, I think we will see some separation in the long run. But if you're not in a position up front, to capitalize on that, it's going to be hard to pass and make your way to the front. I think um, all the mid-pack speed is going to be pretty pretty similar. So you'll probably see five or six guys start to kind of pull away, and, and they'll kind of split up a little bit. But that pack, 7th, 8th, ninth through about 20th is, is probably going to be pretty uh, a melee the entire time. So it's, it's staying out, staying out of that, staying out front. I think that's going to be the biggest thing. Anything else you like to add that we didn't ask about or you feel the fans should know about you when it comes to yourself as a driver and your run to get back to the Coke series? Um, I mean, I guess, uh, first of all, I'd like, I'd like to thank all the guys at Ryko for everything they did put in. Um, pretty much everyone has a part in the team. We just... Um, we got a lot of support from sponsors too. We got uh, Roasted Jim's Coffee. They've been they've been helping out as far as some of the things goes that and and all the support they give. We just picked up uh, Garza Law Firm. Um, they're helping us out with some of the things on on the legal side of things and also on uh, some other support throughout the series and stuff that we're doing. Um, but as a driver, I mean, uh, I don't, you know, it's. I'm racing. I'm one of the older guys in the, in this series, so it's like to be able to come in here and, and compete with some of these younger guys that have all it seems like all the time in the world to to put in laps and test and try every single type of setup adjustment there is. Is just it the hardest thing is just uh, being able to find the time to like put in good constructive testing sessions to where we're, we're making a lot of progress in a short amount of time. Um, but uh, but yeah, I mean. If if I could do it, I think anyone could actually uh, get on and have time to uh, to get up to speed. Because we, I mean, having a real full time job, six year old daughter, a wife, I just I just don't have the time that I used to have. So being able to run out front and uh, having the success that we've had in this season is it's it's pretty cool. Where can fans follow along with you on social media to be able to keep up with you? Oh man, I don't even you know. I just made a, a, a Twitter and I, I really don't really have, you can follow pretty much all our successes is on the Ryko Facebook page. They'll, they'll post everything on there. Um, not a huge social media guy. So, I mean, that's pretty much where you'd find out 
what's what's going on with the team and what how we're doing with the the, uh, the series and stuff like that. Just the the Ryko Facebook. Thank you very much once again for the time, Joey. Can't wait to see how you do and Pocono. Can't wait to see how you do the rest of this run, especially with the speed you've been showcasing during the comeback bid. Thank you very much for the time. All right, thanks, ass. That's Joey Brown, driver for Ryko after winning round number one of the second portion of the eNASCAR Squalfine run for the Road to Pro Series. Our other winner is standing by at the other side of the break, Parker White. You join us in just a moment. You're listening to the iRacers download on the SpeedSport Podcast Network presented by Crosswind Radio and on NASCAR Digital Media. Welcome back to the iRacers download on the SpeedSport Podcast Network presented by Crosswind Radio and on NASCAR Digital Media. Justin Prince with you with our producer Richard Colbreth as we get ready to discuss things about the eNASCAR's Qualified Road to Pro iRacing Series with how the Edler split went out for Parker White, who picked up the victory with 24 laps led and the fastest lap by 9 seconds over Christopher Pfeffer. He now joins us here with the iRacers download. Parker, first things first, congratulations on the victory. The split seemed to go a bit differently, though, from the outside looking in compared to how it went for Joey Brown. What was it like for you, though, in your split? Well, it was honestly a lot more relaxed than I thought it would be. Right at the start, I put myself on a good spot in second, and I was just riding behind Omar there. And I was just waiting until green flag stops, and I was going to try to undercut Omar by one lap and get the lead that way. So that's what I did, and Omar messed up on his in-lap, so that kind of cycled me to the lead. But uh, Pfeffer pit, I think, lap 16, so I had to work to get around him, but he was nice enough just to let me go. So... From there, it was just kind of smooth sailing because I had a tire advantage over the rest of the field. So as long as I kept it on the track, I was able to just basically coast on home to a win. When it comes to the running order, for reference, Parker White, Christopher Pfeffer, Agno Phillip, a reporter for Pro Liprica, then you also have Kenny Brady and Andrew Navarro, the top five. And when it comes to yourself in terms of the speed for North Force Racing, You've come up like a shooting star over the past couple years. Someone coming from a lot of the fixed action to now someone who has won 121 of 160 official starts this season. You're a walking victory. What's been that progression like throughout your iRacing career back from the early 2019 mark to today? Well, when I first joined IRC and I think a lot of people when they join just want to have fun and that was really my mindset all the way up until about 2020 and I wanted to give Road to Pro a shot in 2021 and that unfortunately didn't go my way and then in August of 2021 I got the opportunity uh, to join Norse Force and I know I had to take that because the driver lineup was really good over there at the time they had like Colin Keister, Colin Baden, Santi Tires and a lot more so I took that opportunity to work with those guys, and ever since then, uh, I got straight to work with the Pro Series or the Contender Series later that season, just help, like helping them build their setups and stuff, and that really helped me a lot for Road to Pro because I knew kind of the workflow, and unfortunately, we lost basically the entire team after Pro or Contender because they all wanted to go to different teams. Like Both the Collins went to Dead Zone, and then Sandy just went and did its own thing, his own thing. So I was kind of looking for more teammates, and we were able to do that. And now we have basically a 
full lineup now for round two. So, uh, yeah, like I said, uh, that helped me a lot with testing for Road to Pro too. So that was definitely probably the biggest thing that helped my success for this season. You mentioned the different shuffling. Now, what is that preparation like throughout the week for yourself as a driver? Because you do run a fair bit official at times. Because the last before the second round did start, you won nine of ten on road courses, in fact, in preparation for this past round. What is that preparation like for you for round two to be able to try and keep things going for when we go to Pocono next, for example? Yeah, just for Road to Pro in general, uh, most weeks there's C Open on the weeks of Road to Pro. And before that week, uh, we'll have done a bunch of pack tests. And my favorite way of testing is just doing a bunch of runs by myself. Like, for example, Pocono, we do 20 lap runs. And for most other tracks, like Mile and House, it's 30 laps. So I just do a ton of runs on those. And I see like what I can do to the set to make a handle better and get more speed out of it. And that helps a ton every week because I know what areas I can improve on. Say if I burn the tires up at this point of the run, I can work on that, which has really helped a lot at Pocono. So that's the main thing that I do is just runs by myself. And then we all get together some nights and do pack tests, which helps a lot just tuning the set and dirty air. And then it all comes down to usually Monday night on Sea Open when everyone races each other from all the different teams. And we can kind of get a good gauge on all the teams and how they are and if we're up to speed or not and then we can just go from there and tweak our set and then be ready for Thursday night. For many people, this is one of the first interactions they may have hearing you discuss iRacing. What can you tell fans about you? Who is Parker White? Who, mind you, when you look at the age profile is, if I'm looking right, 16 years old, mind you. Yeah, um, I picked up iRacing in 2019, and I kind of started taking it more seriously, I guess you could say, in 2021. And, like, in real-life stuff, I'm interested in the aviation, so I'm doing flight training right now. And just for fun, I'll usually just go to the airport, take my camera, and get pictures of planes. So that's usually what I do most of the time. Then on my free time, I do iRacing, which I've got a lot of that being in my... uh teens right now because i'm in high school so i don't really have much going on so i decided to spend most of that time on iron scene and so far i've been liking it not going much going on but you interesting discussion point to jump on not many people take photos of jetliners how did that hobby start to come into play because go ahead yeah basically my whole life i've been into aviation um ever since i flew on a plane for the first time and uh, I went to this aviation camp here that's local to me, and I met a bunch of friends. And ever since then, we've formed this kind of friend group that we all go to the airport together, just hang out and have a good time. And we've been doing that since, I'd say, late 2017 all the way up until now. Um, but unfortunately, most of them are off to college now, and I'm still here in high school. So um, it's still fun just going by myself because I'm going to get my driver driver's license here soon, and I'll be able to just go to the airport basically whenever I want. So um, it's definitely a lot of fun. We've been traveling, I'd say, all across New England for, I'd say, ever since 2019, which has been a blast. So let me get this straight, too. You've flown a plane. And again, you're in high school. 
you've flown a plane before, if I understood that correctly. Well, when I said that, I meant like just as a passenger, but I, oh. I am in flight school. Like I'm just flying smaller planes right now, like Cessna 172s. I'm not flying like those big jetliners right now. That That's a long ways okay. down the road. Okay, misunderstood your initial discussion on the flight part. Or, but it's cool to hear about that as well with the various different hobbies. How do you try and balance your in the midst of school once it's in full swing, mind you, that balance between school, racing, and flight school, as well as photography? Yeah, I usually set those things aside. Um, photography isn't necessarily my number one priority. I like to put school first and get all my work done there. And then usually on the weekends, I'll go out to the airport if anything good is coming in. I'll go get pictures of all of those planes. And then whenever I'm home, I'll basically just do icing and get myself ready for Red Pro or whatever. And then when I'm done with that, then I'll just run official races just for fun. Um, so that's basically what it looks like for me. Uh, I put school first, and then when I'm done with that, then I can basically just do whatever I want. A lot of speed for somebody who picked up a victory in RTP at Bristol as well as at Charlotte coming into the second round and, of course, mid-Ohio. You mentioned some of the preparation tactics and preparation in general for Pocono. Your expectations for when racing gets underway there in about a week's time on July the 21st specifically. Yeah, um, I'm not completely sure because we haven't had a road to pro race like that yet, but I have run Sea Open there a lot. And just from those races, it's I feel like track position is going to be key because... If you try to pass someone and you try to pass them on the bottom, they're going to have a huge advantage being on the outside because you can just pin whoever's on the bottom down. And then with how long these straightaways are, you can just get the run off the top and at the most just stay on their outside and then they won't be able to pass you. So having a good set that turns good and dirty air is going to be key for this race. And I think we've done a pretty good job with that. We just need to do more pack tests and see where we stack up, like I said, on Monday night and see open and then um i think we'll be fine uh like i said i'm in a good spot and i'm just going to focus on getting a good set for my teammates and we should be uh all set to go on thursday night where can fans follow along to with you on social media to be able to learn more about you but also see how you're doing in those races yeah you can follow me on twitter at parker w 95 and on instagram uh, my uh, on there is parker w underscore 95 uh so if you want to follow me there you can and i'll usually post on race day there if I can. Uh, I've been doing that all throughout round one, so I don't see why that would change. Thank you very much for your time, Parker. Great to learn about you and your love of air aviation in general. Congratulations on the win once again at Mid-Ohio. Yep, thank you, Justin. That's Parker White, your winner as part of the eNASCAR Road Pro Qualifying iRacing Series when it comes to Mid-Ohio sports car course. Two different splits, two winners. Both of them here on the iRacers Download. The news of the week coming up after the break. You're listening to the iRacers Download on the Speedsport Podcast Network, presented by Crosby Radio and on NASCAR Digital Media. Welcome back to the iRacers Download on the Speedsport Podcast Network, presented by Crosby Radio and on NASCAR Digital Media. Justin Prince with you with the producer Richard Colbreth as we continue to discuss now the news of the week across the iRacing world. As discussed with some of your drivers from the Road to Pro Qualifying Series, two different splits started off the season. 64 starters began the brand new campaign at Mid-Ohio Sports Car Course. As mentioned, those race winners, Parker White, Joey Brown. Jordy Lopez Jr. and Christopher Pfeffer tied for second after the run to the points. 
Then Agnel Philp and Tucker Minter, Boyd Hogan, Kenny Brady, Michael Cozy Jr., Andrew Navarro. In the early stages, your top 10 with those drivers top five in their respective splits. To be able to make a run at Contender Series competition, drivers must be inside the top 20 in points by the end of the campaign. With just six races on the docket, Christopher Hill and A.J. Stravato are tied for 27 points apiece after the opening race of the campaign. Next up in our news, it's the iRacing's big special event for charity. It's the Peachtree 3 benefiting the National MS Society special event. Last year, when it came to its charity event for the National MS Society, it was a hit at the iRacing's virtual Charlotte Motor Speedway Roval. This time around, it's being held during the primetime hours at iRacing's virtual Michelin Raceway Road Atlanta, utilizing the Chevrolet Corvette C8R GTE, the Global Mazda MX-5 Cup Car, and iRacing's fleet of G4 machines. The three-hour event will see unlimited fast repairs, which will allow all teams to finish the races to aid with their own charitable initiatives. There are also, this time, a number of purchasable advantages, quote-unquote. For the broadcast to split during iRacing Happy Hour in exchange for donations to the National MS Society. Last year, $57,000 in donations were raised. Once again, iRacing executive producer Steve Myers, seven-time NASCAR Cup Series champion crew chief Chad Canales of Hendrick Motorsports, and the 2020 eNASCAR Coca-Cola iRacing Series champion Nick Oninger will all be teaming up together as part of the broadcast split. Once again... To learn more, go to iRacing.com to see how you can participate as well as how you can donate to be a part of the initiatives. We'll be talking about potential big news during that night after the big news shared during the previous edition of the charity race next time out on the iRacers Download. Speaking of drivers getting the chance to go back onto the racetrack, on Saturday, July the 23rd, the Porsche Tanker Esports Super Cups Qualifying Series gets underway just six weeks to determine how these drivers will battle their way into Contender Series competition. The top 15 in points will get the chance to run in the fall to be able to qualify for the top one of the top-running road course series on the platform. The races will be held each Saturday with just three minutes of practice, free practice in the sessions rather, with eight minutes and two laps of qualifying. Well, 30 minutes up on the clock for each of the races. The race tracks include the Hockenheim Ring, Silverstone, Red Bull Ring, Watkins Glen International, the Nurburg Ring, as well as the Autodroma International Enzo Di Eno Ferrari, also known as Imola. Be able to follow along with the information, including with the Porsche Motorsport and Porsche Tagore Esports Super Cup, go to motorsports.porsche.com. Meanwhile, when it came to jumpy truck action, we talked with some of the drivers last time out of the iRacers download. More drivers took some checkered flags. This time, Cam Pedersen and Josh Hawks both picked up victories in the series. In two wild runs, to say the very least. Tommy Hallman picked up the Vision Wheel Pool Award for the round, securing him an eighth starting position for race number one, which would in turn see plenty of battling and chaos on lap 9. Fox, as well as one of his fellow competitors in Dell Morrill, made contact, collecting Connor Berry, the points leader for the series, for Team General Tire. In turn, it shuffled the running order for the end, where Cam Peterson, Pedersen, 
picked up the first victory by eight-tenths of a second over Josh Edmondson. Then, race number two of the night, Fox over Holman by just .029 seconds. In all-star action, Luke Knopp and Zachary Drapkin going one-two once more. After the trouble for Barry, the points lead swings to Keaton Swain's direction. 356 points to Connor Barry's 345. The next time drivers hit the racetrack will be on Wednesday, July the 20th with a return to Wild Horse Pass Motorsports Park. Coverage starts 8.30 p.m. Eastern Time on iRacing.com forward slash live social media platforms with a pair of all-star races, this time out, the Volkswagen Beetle Light before the pro drivers hit the track 9 p.m. Eastern. To learn more, go to iRacing.com to see how your favorite driver is turning out of the championship. But on that note, like thank you for tuning in for this week's edition of the iRacers Download on the SpeedSport Podcast Network presented by Crosshu Radio and on NASCAR Digital Media. For Richard Colbreth, I'm Justin Prince saying so long. Enjoy the rest of your day and or evening. See you next time on the iRacers Download.